Hello and welcome to Travel, Nurse, and Allied Life. This is a podcast and a YouTube channel brought to you by TravCon, which is a huge conference that we have every year in Vegas. And it's where a travel healthcare workers come. Over 1,500 came last time to meet each other, to get CEUs, and to also learn about the industry and meet some great exhibitors and companies. My name is Laura Latimer, and I am the host of a certain segment of this podcast that is all about the trends and the technology, so the future of the industry. And today we have a really amazing guest that I am so excited to interview. His name is Ron Gonzalez. He has been in this industry of travel healthcare since 2000. I think he'll tell us more about it, but I think starting out as a recruiter um, and then doing many other things that have completely helped our industry along. And then today he's the CEO of Job Robotics, where we're going to be talking about the innovations and the technologies that they're bringing to the industry that's really going to help us along um, on getting submitted to jobs. If you're a traveler and if you are a staffing agency, massively help you with all of the data and the standards standardizations. So um, let's dive in. And hi, Ron, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Laura. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I'd love to, yeah, yeah, this is going to be great. Uh, So let's start out learning about you personally before job robotics, since you've been in this industry so long. So please tell us how it all began and (laughs) kind of your journey getting here. Um, I'm a registered nurse by trade. And um, loved working as a nurse at local New York hospitals, um, then went into working at different area hospitals, but through a staffing company, which um, I really enjoyed because I felt like I was my own boss, making my own schedule, uh, getting paid a little bit more. And then just by word of mouth and sharing it with my nurse friends, I started referring a lot of them to the agency I worked for. And I guess I did such a good job. They wanted me to become a full-time recruiter for them. Loved being a recruiter, um, enjoyed recruiting nurses. And it was way different back then. There was um, a lot of picking up the phone, phone calls, come on in, come on in. The goal was always to get that nurse in your office so you can, of course, credential them, verify them, Mm -hmm. and get them uh, to start working. But um, uh, that really parlayed into me starting to love technology because Um, What I realized, the systems we were using to recruit and identify the skill set for these nurses wasn't really up to date or did it reflect current clinical practice in any way. And Mm -hmm. so we were getting phone calls from, um, uh, from hospitals that said, hey, Ron, those nurses you're sending, they don't seem to have the skill set we were looking for. It really was the light bulb moment for me to say, there has to be a better way to capture the clinical skill set, a baseline for the nurses we're recruiting. And that led me to leave my position, um, start a software company with a partner, a computer programmer, and I hired some nurse consultants to really write clinical job knowledge exams in different clinical specialties. Took us uh, almost a year, but we launched as nurse testing, and then we became Prophecy Healthcare a few years down the road. But we sold our testing and uh, our testing and assessment platform to all healthcare staffing companies. And first, the small mom and pops. But then we started getting bigger clients like Maxim and MSN and Cross Country. And mm-hmm. um, so it was really exciting. And then I exited uh, and yeah. sold the and, company. And I'll just like yeah, yeah, make a note like how 
important that was for the industry. I know um, travelers listening to this, it can feel like, oh my God, I have to do all this testing. Yes. Um, and prophecy is still like a, a big one out there. It is. But it's so important because we know our role as travel healthcare workers out there. We have to fulfill a need and get very little orientation and hit the ground running and see patients safely. It's essentially why we get paid more money among a few other things, you know, you know, leaving your home and everything. But it's such a big deal to have a way to be like, look, this person that we're giving to you, we've done our due diligence as the person you've hired to find someone with skill sets um, to to hit the ground running. So um, I think that's really cool that you saw a problem and then you set out to solve it and then you did. And it's still a big part of the industry. So that is just really, really cool and really important too. Thanks. Appreciate so you that. exited that, which exiting usually means you sold it to someone yeah, else. Yeah, I sold it. Right? I sold it mm-hmm. to okay, a, so another company. Okay, so you sold that. And, All right. Um, then was kind of just looking around for other opportunities and and reconnected with a um, software developer that uh, helped me create this concept a few years prior of consolidating jobs from vendor management systems from hospitals. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Vendor management systems are these technology platforms that allow hospitals to kind of load all their open job orders into and with the press of a button, just really push them out to all the staffing companies and healthcare travel companies. Um, Mm -hmm. Prior to that, they used to pick up the phone and call each staffing company individually and say, hey, I need an ER nurse. So we've come a long way, but this type of technology has become very popular and there is an opportunity to really um, help the agencies get those jobs quicker um, with less chance of error due to manual entry into their own applicant tracking solutions. And so Job Robotics was born in that it was able to connect to multiple vendor management systems, pull the jobs out, normalize the data. What we mean by normalize is really clean it up and make it look nice so that when we push it into the applicant tracking solution, um, it comes through quickly and accurately and efficiently. And so it saves a ton of time for those staffing companies, those compliance peoples and those recruiters who have to um, start searching for these candidates to fill those jobs. Totally. Um, Okay, that sounds so important. And I'm just going to back up just the tiniest yes. bit to make sure the travelers in the industry understand these lingo. So you did a perfect job with VMS, yeah. uh, VMS technology, hospitals put their jobs in it, yeah. goes up to staffing agencies. Now, ATS might also be a new word to some yeah. travelers. So ATS is the technology that the staffing agencies have in order to keep up with travelers. Our data is in the ATS. Okay. So there has to be a way to be like, okay, we've got to connect the travelers in the ATS, which uh, also did the jobs live in the ATS for some people or just the yeah, traveler? No, they do. The, mm-hmm. job, the jobs do. Yeah. And so a lot yep. of applicant tracking solutions have a, a, what we call job sync um, technology, which when an ER job comes in, you know, through the vendor management, through job robotics, we push it in. And now there's an open job for emergency room. Applicant tracking solutions are smart enough now to serve up all the professionals that have ER experience mm-hmm. right there next to the job. They're like, hey, Jane, just so you know, we found 10 ER nurses that might be right for this job. And so, so helpful. It's really yeah, cool. It's, so cool. Technology is improving quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Okay. So we got VMS, 
ATS. And then you started mentioning um, some of the problem you guys are solving. So I want to really talk about this because it is one of the things that blew my mind the most when I started looking at other sides of the industry than just the perspective when I was a travel healthcare worker. It is messy, this data. So first of all, VMSs, there is uh, hospitals that put uh, data into something to shoot it out. My question is, do all hospitals use the same VMS? They do not. So there are many vendor management solutions out there, over a hundred that we connect to personally on the healthcare side. So just imagine what's out there in general sector as well. Wow. Um, But they're all built differently, but they do the same thing. And I think the challenge um, lies in how the systems are set up to capture data or data entry. Um, Sometimes they're easy to... uh, to enter data entry because everything's uh, drop downs and check boxes. And, but a lot of them were built a while before that, that allowed for free text entry. The challenge with free text entry is um, if you think about one person, they could enter the same job into two different systems and they look totally different, right? And mm. so now how do we, as a company that's supposed to organize and normalize and clean the data, identify that, clean it up, and push it into somebody else's systems so it makes sense to them. And, and that's the challenge that we have sometimes on the job robotics side is vendor management systems are not all the same. They're built differently and data entry really dependent on the person entering the information. Yeah. Um, that makes so much sense. And I, and maybe an example of that could be, um, could be what, like ER nurse could be two different things. Is that right? Yeah. 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 So, if, so if you enter um, emergency room position in uh, the vendor management system, and when they push it out to their staffing agencies, to the ATS, their ATS is maybe set up to recognize ER as emergency department and not emergency room. And so Mm -hmm. there's a conflict there. And so what Job Robotics does is we actually um, create a mapping tool so that the staffing agencies are able to map their specialties to how the vendor management system set up their specialties as well. And that reduces the, um, the errors that we see on jobs coming through. But it's still a challenge even to this day to to get clean data into the system. Yeah, it definitely would be. And that is huge. So then we've got all these hospitals. It blows my mind. There's hundreds of VMSs to choose from too. Some of the VMSs, just a a regular old, who knows who human at the hospital is trying to say they need a job. They might not even know clinical terms, whoever's typing it in. And then some of the VMSs even have the open fields you're saying. So they could literally free type it with typos, who knows what. Yes. And then all of a sudden it's shooting out. Now, there are um, a lot of jobs, I assume, coming into a staffing agency's dashboard or ATS system, especially if they staff allied health, therapy, nursing, all the different nurses. And so if some of them are coming in with different standardizations, and me as a traveler, let's say I'm I'm an ER nurse, we'll just stick with that then the recruiter would have to type in every different type of possible way, including the typos to find all the jobs I could match with. But then something like job, job robotics could say, Hey, look, no matter how it comes in, now we can make it all say 
what you call it as a staffing agency. That's correct. Department. Exactly. That's a huge win for us too as travelers because we want our staffing agencies to find all the jobs we're qualified for, yes. not just the ones that happen to call it what you do. So I'm totally, I totally get um, that. I have a question about the number of jobs actually. So how many jobs exactly are coming through at any given time into a staffing agency or through y'all system? Yeah, we, we've been calculating on average between 30 to 50,000 jobs flowing through the platform on a monthly basis. Um, and with a good percentage of them being unique positions, we do get some duplicates every once in a while, but, um, for the most part, they're unique jobs that come through our our platform and it continues to grow as, as we connect to more and more vendor management systems. That's absolutely amazing. So there's, there's 30,000 to 50,000 jobs that come through at any given time, um, each, each month, right? Each month. month. That's a ton of jobs. And I'm curious, and I'm sure a lot of other travelers are curious too. Many times we apply for a job and we just hear back that it just closed. And sometimes that can feel like, oh man, this industry just baits and switches us. But also I think there's a ton of truth in like, the jobs close fast. Now you're going to have incredible perspective from where you sit in the industry to see about how fast they really are closing and also how many new jobs are coming in all the time with this industry. So I'd love just kind of your, it's, I know it depends on specialty and so much, but your general uh, percentage of how many jobs you feel like close each day and how many open each day in this, how the much of the speed of the industry there really is. Yeah. I mean, again, there are many variables associated with the job closings and how quick they close. Um, but if we were to use a uh, hundred as the, a number, um, I would say 30 to 40% close on a daily basis with 50 um, new jobs coming in. Every wow. Day. It's really So it's really just changing. It changes that quick. So much where yes. it's so true that a job could gen- genuinely be open that morning and just be closed that evening but then three more jobs came in, For sure. you know, while it was closed. Yeah, that is really amazing. Incredible the speed of the industry and then really I know is. um in being in the tech side of the industry, you can see how tech is only speeding it up faster. Tech is speeding up, you know, we always say um, it's speed to fill. Everybody's speed to fill, but um, mm. there's so much involved in submitting a candidate. You know, it's not, there's, there's usually a two-phase submittal. And I don't know if a lot of uh, travelers know that, but mm. it's a, um, when the job comes open, let's say it's an ER job at a position, um, usually recruiters off the top of their head know who's available in their bank that they can submit relatively quickly or available. And what they'll do is do what we call a phase one submittal, which is just like first name, last name, their license, a skills checklist, and a resume. You know, and they want to get it in front of the hiring manager as quickly as possible. And and many agencies are doing this. So if you think about the hiring manager, after posting the job, maybe within a half hour to an hour, they get 10 candidates that they're looking at. And at that time, they're going, um, okay, I like these two. So what they'll do is they'll send email out to the rejects, pardon the word, but the people they're not choosing. And then mm-hmm. the two people that they like, they send um, notes back to the recruiters or compliance people saying, 
send me their full profiles now. I want to see everything um, from them, like a competency exam, send me, you know, uh, their work history or reference, all of these things. Mm. And then based on that submittal, they'll, um, they'll pick one and then they'll put them through the final phase, which is like drug testing, background checks, all that mm, stuff. After they're approved, tentative yep. on those things uh, uh, yep. coming through. Wow. So I think what I also heard there is like if of a lot of these jobs and probably especially if they're in an area that's a co-location or the pay is might be slightly above average, it can be within an hour or two or even 30 minutes. Like the hiring manager is getting candidates on their sure. dashboard. So one thing I heard just for the travelers listening to this, because you're probably thinking how in the world will I ever get these jobs? I think um, one for you to um, to listen to these great advice of Ron to be like the fast the middle could be a skills checklist it could be um, your name your licensure the basic things you've got to have that documentation ready to give to a recruiter if you do find a job on a job board versus you already have a relationship in your paperwork and with the recruiter you have yep. to have a way to give that recruiter your information very quick. Yes. <laughs> because here's what I also would love to hear from you, Ron, is um, the recruiter, let's say they even have all of the information about the traveler. What is it? What are they actually doing as far as the data entry part, the actual, what are they doing to submit the traveler from the time they know the traveler said, yes, I want to be submitted? So um, if the traveler has worked at this particular facility before and they happen to be in the VMS system, vendor management system, it's very easy for the recruiter to just log in and just click a button and say, these people are ready. Um, if they're not, they there's time involved, right? If it's a new candidate that's going, they do have to log into the vendor management system and enter all of their data. And, and that's very time consuming because if they're going against other staffing agencies that already have existing candidates in there and they're already submitting, um, that's that's the time consuming part. And, and that's what's being done today. Uh, I see, okay. Yeah. So you actually like your profile as a traveler is in the um, staffing agencies ATS, but they have to get it from there into the VMS. That and keeping correct. in mind, there is over a hundred VMSs and each staffing agency might work with 20 of them or 30 of them sure. or maybe more, I don't know. They have to actually log in to a different yes. VMS, not one portal for all the VMSs. They log no. into that one VMS. Each VMS is gonna be slightly set up differently. So they're gonna to have to remember which tab to click on, what that VMS has as the specifications, Correct. make a new profile. So now the, now the traveler lives in the VMS also, and yes. then submit them for that particular job. Yes. Right, so a lot of data entry. Now, in my mind, I think like, well, if the profile's already in the ATS, why can't they just submit it from the ATS to the, the vendor management system? I'm sure you'll have a great answer to why, but to me it's yeah. like, Hey, why can't they talk to each other? What is that about? What do you think it's, about that? It's a great question. So right now, if you think about why vendor management systems exist, it's really to push jobs out as quickly as they can to agencies so that they can be filled. Mm. But I don't think there was a lot of forethought on the original architect of the vendor management system to think about we should also have another way in for these candidates to come in. They just kind of built it on the same platform without thinking about other connecting technologies that might be easier to transfer or transport candidate data back through. But job robotics is actually solving that solution, solving that problem 
now where we're creating these technology bridges for ATS's applicant tracking solutions to submit their candidates directly from the ATS into the vendor management solution. It is a new technology. And the reason that nobody's done it before is because it's really hard to do. Hmm. And, it's, and it's time consuming. And there's a lot of mapping also that goes, because if you think about the type of data that needs to be submitted for a profile, there's documents, certificates, there's licenses, there's okay. a lot of paperwork, you know, as far as regular data, start dates, end dates to, uh, for work history. So we spent a lot of time on creating what we call the uh, Job Robotics API Hub. And it's really a, um, it's, it's a place where other technology companies could leverage our API Hub to use to move candidate data from system to system. It doesn't necessarily have to be specifically from ATS to VMS. Mm -hmm. It could be from ATS to ATS. It could be from job board to ATS to VMS, right? It could Got be it. from credentialing okay. system to ATS to VMS. Oh, that's really cool too. Yeah. yeah. So pretty much um, you guys are creating a magic, it sounds like. <laughs> I always think of, AP <laughs> I always think of APIs exactly right. as like, it literally always, yeah. I'm like, APIs, it's, it's similar to like... Um, when I'm talking on a cell phone and, you know, I'm talking to my brother who, you know, lives in New Hampshire and I'm in Texas and I'm always like, I just don't understand how someone figured out how to get my voice from here to there. Yeah. So I just think it's magic. Tech yeah. people, like people who develop, yeah. they're like, it's not. I think APIs are similar because you're literally like taking data from here, doing yeah. something in between and it shows up here. So that's it's right. like a big old telephone. But that's cool. That's cool that you guys are, you know, essentially magicians. So that's how I will now <laughs> think of you, CEO <laughs> slash <funny>. magician. <laughs> that's really great. Um, I'd love to talk a little bit more too um, about, uh, the jo about job boards because this is something yes. that very intimately, I think, impacts travelers. Travelers are curious about and travelers are frustrated with and yeah. I think they're not alone I think companies are frustrated with them everyone wishes job boards were easier in general yeah. but I think it's also huge in the name of education for us to understand why things aren't always the way they are so we can have more empathy yes. <laughs> even if it's kind of not that fun but job boards one of the biggest complaints I hear about them is the lack of data and travelers so much want to see the data up front let me just see it and I'll make my decisions if I want to talk to you but job boards notoriously are missing data that the travelers yeah. want to see. It could be they don't show exact pay um, or even a very good estimate. It might be a very large pay range. It's like even yes. a $400 spread, which doesn't give you good data or missing requirements or the start date's not on there or how many hours, what shift it is. Things that you're like, why could you not just show this to me? And it can yeah. feel like you're hiding information. Now, I think there's a lot to do with the data and how hard yes. it is mixing in with how fast jobs open and close yes. those two things combined but I'd love to hear from you some really good perspective about like why it is that it's hard um, or non-existent sometimes to see the data we want to as travelers so it's a good point so job boards you know if you think about the data that populates the job boards how does it get there right historically speaking most job boards are populated by people um, they would just enter the information um, what they get from whoever their client is, their facility, um, and they enter as much as they can. And I know um, through the evolution of the travel industry and healthcare staffing, 
um, talent, the travelers are demanding more data before they make a decision, right? Uh, years ago, they, you didn't have to tell them anything. You, maybe you can tell them pay, but generally it wasn't as much. It was just, mm -hmm. hey, I have a job for you to start next week. It's at this facility. Pay is great. Come on in. Give me all your credentials. And, uh, you know, that's the way it worked. Now, um, because of technology and the data that we are receiving directly from facilities through the vendor management systems, um, healthcare professionals can see so much more before they commit to a job. And so, again, just going back, before Job Robotics started pulling job data to push into a staffing company's applicant tracking solution, um, we also could push it into the staffing company's job board. The challenge was if the data that was coming from the VMS or vendor management system wasn't entered correctly or incomplete, um, regardless of what we do in the job robotics side, it's still gonna come out incomplete on the job board, right? Mm. Unless the staffing company really goes in there and does work to map and figure out the pay. So there is a lot of work to do um, in our rules engine and job robotics that could actually display a really beautiful job posting with everything, start date, pay packages, um, shifts, um, who you talk to, what's required, all that stuff. But we can't make it up. It has to come from somewhere. So yeah. as long as the um, facilities are entering their job information appropriately, clearly, um, accurately, then we have a better chance of uh, providing our staffing agency clients with a nice job posting. But it mm, really I has see. to do with yeah. the tech. If there's a free text um, field that we find a lot of facilities like to just put all the job information in a free text field, like ER position, 7A7P, ACLS required, blah, it's all just one big narrative. It doesn't come out right on the job posting. It just doesn't. Yeah. And I think we've all seen those kind of like blurbs and random places and you're like, yes. what is this? Exactly and right. and if you see it as a traveler, that's how a lot of them look on the back end for the recruiters. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of messy. So a lot of it is because the facilities are putting it in, in all kinds of different ways. And sometimes in blurbs of paragraphs that's or correct. facilities sometimes have completely missing data also yes. that is coming into the staffing agency we've through seen the VMS. Yeah. Yes. And what do you think, um, I mean, this is a magic wand question, going back to pretending like you're a magician. Yeah. Who do you think is the most powerful player here that might have some leverage to help change this? Because it feels like the thing that needs to change is facilities putting in data completely and yeah. standardized to pass through. That's not happening. Is it VMS VMSs need to be influenced to change the way that they demand, not demand, that's too strict, the way they require the uh, information to go in? Is it, I mean, is it the MSPs who have more influence over the hospitals? Magic wand, who do you think is the one with the most power to maybe influence the facilities to enter these things better for us? Any clue? Good question. I would say I would say MSP. I, I would say mm. the, the MSP because they're the primary, and um, they, they have some type of leverage with the facilities, right? Saying, 
we're your master service provider, right? We're the predominant number one staffing agency. We want to make sure that the jobs are coming in clearly. So in the event that we can't fill something, we want one of our providers that are assisting us to fill it as quickly as possible. And that can only happen if we have clean job data going to them. Um, yeah. VMS, if you think about the VMS, it's just a technology platform that um, they're like, hey, we do our job. You know, We have all the fields in there. If they don't want to use it the right way, that's not on us. They can't force them to, to fill in yeah. the right stuff. But if you can get um, some type of um, encouragement from the MSPs kind of saying, we would like you guys to fill it out the right way. That would be amazing. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all for creating another tech, another middleware piece that goes right before the VMS for job entry. So it all looks the same for every VMS going oh in and out. There's the true magic wand. Oh my God, that yeah, would make, that that would, would make that would the a, industry a lot, lot easier if that, really would. and I think you're right, the, you need to somehow, the hospitals, the facilities would have to somehow feel the need to add that layer. And I think maybe it's the MSPs that could start to be like, this yeah. is so important to get it the is. most qualified candidates. And this is going to help you a lot as the hospital. But right now I think the hospitals get a lot of, um ability and it's not even their fault they're using the tech given to them so they're yes. just putting it in however is given to them just like anyone would do but the That's trickle true. down effect to everyone else it can be t tough. It is, it is tough. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's all so interesting. So, um, so I'd love to give you a chance to Ron, in the name of um, this podcast being about trends, technology and the future, anything you want to share about where you think this industry is headed, your own just random predictions, what you'd like to share with the audience about uh, what you think is coming for the industry up ahead. Yeah. Well, you know, there was a lot of attempts, I think, in the, in the last few years um, with technology moving so quickly and mobile adoption just uh, proliferate, proliferate, proliferating everywhere. Everybody's just living on their phones all the time um, to try to connect travelers to facilities directly. And there, I think we were just a little bit ahead of the curve there because you still need contracts to get nurses into facilities, right? So a lot of these technology platforms had to convert to agencies eventually <laughs> because um, they're not quite there. But I think probably in the next five to 10 years, um, there will be technology that will allow um, healthcare professionals to go direct to hospitals. Um, and there's a few platforms mm -hmm. out there that are getting close to that. Um, but uh, I think that's kind of where we're going right now is, um, and maybe it is an age, the new, the new um, variation of a staffing agency where they're mm -hmm. just, you know, really focused on tech. But uh, um, I think there'll always be a little handholding involved um, because some nurses or healthcare professionals like to pick up the phone and say, hey, what am I doing? Where am I going? Where's my apartment? Mm -hmm. But you know, the, and they want to talk to somebody. So yeah. Um, but I do feel that in the future, you will see platforms that will cater directly uh, or connect directly the healthcare professional to the facility. It's going wow. to happen. 
Wow, it's really exciting. And um, and I think you're right. I think everything that we're doing, that you guys are doing, and I see in the tech world is moving us closer and closer yeah. to uh, more transparent data, making decisions without the human being in the middle, putting your own stuff in. And a huge part of that sure. is truly getting us closer as an industry to uh, data coming in and standardizing and getting to go to a ton of sources one way. So Ron, like you are a part of creating the future. And I want to thank you for that. It's, it's hard and exciting to be Thanks, a part Laura. of people that think outside the box and say, Hey, let's try to do something different or move the industry forward. Um, and I think I'm, yeah. I personally am just very proud of everyone who's out there like moving our industry in a cool direction with technology. So Ron, I'm you. You really well. grateful for you. And I'm, um, and I'm thankful that you joined us so you could share all of your knowledge with our audience. Awesome. Um, so everybody, um, Ron Gonzalez, it's Job Robotics. Can you tell people how to reach out to you if you want to, or how to follow along with what you're doing so people can know how to contact you? Yes. I mean, you can go to the Job Robotics website and it's spelled with an X on the end. As some people mm -hmm. are spelling it with a CS. But it's jobrobotics.com. You can email me at ron at jobrobotics.com if you wish. And I'd love to answer any questions anybody has. I'll, I'll be available. Okay, sounds good. Well, thank you, everybody, um, for joining us. And we will see you next time on the Travel Nurse and Allied Life podcast and YouTube show. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Travel Nursing and Allied Life. You can find the full show notes below or at travcon.org. Please help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a comment below or email us at podcast at travcon.org.